Hey all, thanks for tuning in. I'm so excited about this episode. Um, it's actually my first two-parter, so yay, that's kind of exciting. Um, I This first part is just uh, the first five things that may be keeping you from healing or going that next step. And so just listen in, and I hope that you um, find something that resonates with you and um, or something that did resonate with you that you've moved through, and you can celebrate that. Um, this is not intended to uh, to help you feel shame or make you feel guilty about where you are. It's just to start to illuminate things that could be hindering your growth. And so with that, here we go. Hi friend, I am so excited that you're here to check out Her Restored Spirit podcast. If you've gone through something that has left you broken spirited, Maybe it's a divorce, loss of a spouse, or even a child, loss of a job, whatever it is, I know there is restoration in your future. I'm a widowed mom, and I remember what it feels like to emerge from the fog to discover that my loss is not the center of my story, but it actually instilled in me a new hope, a new understanding of faith, and a new strengthening in my heart, soul, and motherhood. I have finally understood that God has taken my test and formed it into my testimony, and that's why I'm here with you. I want you to step into your purpose, into a newfound joy, and to turn a new page in your book because I believe you are on the brink of full restoration, unlocking a confidence that you didn't know was inside you, and understanding how to live more fruitfully with purpose, joy, and permission to be washed in possibility. It's time, friend, to reclaim your restored spirit. Hi, and welcome back to Her Restored Spirit podcast. My name is Tammy, and I'm your host. And today's episode, I kind of wanted to do something a little bit different. I like to stay on the positive side and really focus on growth and focus on the good things. Um, but sometimes, sometimes we need to take a look and, and see kind of what's hidden in our hearts, what's hidden in our minds that keeps us from healing, keeps us from growing, keeps us from being able to step out and, and gain that confidence and the identity that we're looking for. And so today, I just want to talk about 10 things that maybe keep you from healing. Now, these things are not meant to make you feel guilty if you if you relate to any of them. Um, one way or another, I've related to every one of them. Um, these aren't meant to make you feel shameful for what you have in your heart. But it's just the idea of if you really want to gain the the growth and you want to gain the identity that you deserve, if you want to have a life of purpose and joy, these are kind of the things that you need to address in order to find out what's going on and be able to break that block, break that that wall down that can get you in moving in the right direction. Now, I'm going to do these um, 10 10 things. I'm going to do it in two parts. So today I'm just going to focus on the first five and then next week I'll finish up with six through 10. And I really just want to talk through and to, again, not to shame or to make you feel guilty, but just some questions and some things to ask yourself, because if these are hidden in your heart, then it will, it's going to just fester and it's going to continue to grow and keep you from the healing that you are looking for. The first the first one, the first step, the first thing that keeps you from healing is fear. Now, I've talked about fear often. I've talked about 
this comfortable fear. I talked about the fear of the unknown. I've talked about these fears that keep us from moving forward and keep us from acting, even in small ways. They, this fear that, this comfortable fear that keeps us immobilized. And what do I mean by comfortable fear? Um, when I heard the term, it actually really resonated with me because there are so many times that I want to do something, but I don't. And there's and and I and I beat myself up about it. But it's still it's like the this comfortable fear that I am used to that I understand where it comes from and what's happening throughout it. And it's a safe fear that it just keeps me where I am. It gets comfortable. We we know what to expect with this fear. And so it keeps us just in a perpetual state of stuckness, in this perpetual state of it's too scared to it's too scary to act. You don't know what the unknown is. So why don't you just stay here and you can you can just continue to wallow. You can continue to play the victim. You can continue to just wish or hope or blame others or you can just you know wait for someone to come and help you when really what you're doing is just giving yourself excuses not to heal. You're not giving yourself that those steps you need to start taking the healing action. I heard a quote that says the oldest and strongest emotion of mankind is fear and the oldest and strongest kind of fear is the fear of the unknown. And that is where that comfortable fear is. And it's kind of, it's our comfort zone. Even though it's, you're miserable there, it's more comfortable than stepping out to the, into the unknown. And so that quote by um, H.P. Lovecraft is, it just identifies that fear is such a strong emotion that if we don't address it, then it's not ever going to leave our hearts. It's not ever going to weaken over time. We're never going to get over it unless we take those small steps to do it. There's another quote by Brian Tracy that says, the comfort zone is the great enemy of courage and confidence. And if our goal is courage and our goal is confidence and identity and purpose and joy, then the comfort zone, that comfortable fear is the greatest enemy for it. And so if you see it, if you feel it, it's time to start taking actions because it's keeping you from the healing that you want. The next thing that keeps you or that may be keeping you from healing is playing the what if game. This is a game that I played with myself for years and it's completely unfair. Well, what if this happened or if that happened or well, if this didn't happen, then this would happen and then this and then this, or it wouldn't be this way. If my husband didn't die, then I could still, you know, this is how we would be right now. Well, you don't know that. You don't know what the future held, but all you do know is that where you are now is where you are. Where you are now, you cannot leave unless you make the choices to leave, unless you make the decisions and take the actions to step out. But playing the what if game and the, and the game of, well, how things were when your husband was alive or even with kids and saying, you know, if, if your dad was here, we wouldn't be doing this. You don't know, or we would be doing this. You really don't know. 
And it came, you know, a few years ago is the realization that that game, those mind tricks that I was playing on with myself was actually keeping me from healing. It was keeping me from growing and it was keeping me in bondage of the past. A, it's like a, an unreal future in the past that it was tying me to. Because the truth is my husband's not coming back. The truth is that relationship that you have with your husband that ended in divorce is severed. Now, there's always stories of if you're divorced and the 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 couple getting back together. But again, just waiting for that is also not healthy. There's a reason why there was a divorce and both sides should work on themselves, should look at what their part was and grow within themselves. So either way, what was in the past, you cannot have now. And so if you keep playing that game and the and and just going over that and over that, it's not going to help you claim the future that's yours. It's not going to help you see the benefits and see the opportunities and see the hope that's right in front of you. It's going to keep you in bondage. It's going to keep you in in ties to something that never even happened and is never not even possible. It's going to keep you in this alternate reality that expectations can't be made. They can't be reached. They can't even, you know, it's just incredibly unreal and unfair to play with yourself. And so when I stopped playing that game and realized that, okay, you know, and, and one of them, one of this is, you know, if my husband was here, I wouldn't have this. And even with the, the wisdom that comes through grief, realizing that, well, I wouldn't have this. And then it would, I'd make me feel bad because then am I choosing the wisdom over my husband? And am I choosing the closeness to God that I have over the relationship with my husband and realizing that that's not even fair because that's not a, it's not an either or the choice that I got to make because that happened. I, I was able to, and I embraced the wisdom, the path, the, the grief um, experience and really learned from it. And I became more compassionate and I became more empathetic to the, the hurts around me. And so realizing that I didn't have the choice to lose my husband, but I do have the choice of what I do with what, what happens after, then by choosing that, I'm able to start healing. The third is lack of acceptance or avoidance of the situation. This happens a lot of times, you know, you're just, you don't want the reality that you're facing now to be real. This whole idea of the new normal, um, which I don't even really care for that term, but I use it because it's, it kind of, it's, it's really the only way to describe it. It is your new normal, this grief response, this lack of relationship, this lack of a dream or the, the job that you had worked so hard for it's gone. And so you're trying to figure out what now? Well, if you don't accept it, you don't look back and say, okay, what benefits can I take from the experience from having it? And, and then what did I learn during the process of losing it? And then where do I want to use it now? Or if you just avoid, avoid it altogether that, you know, just in your head, well, I'm just not, I'm going to 
just pretend it doesn't happen. It's going to come out later. Grief is not something that you can just put on a shelf and put it in a package and that you, that you don't deal with, that you just have to, you know, Hey, it's fine. I, I cried for a day. I'm good to go. You know, it's going to fester. It's going to manifest. It becomes somatic. It becomes your anxiety. It becomes your, your aches and your pains. It becomes your stomach ache. It becomes your headache. It becomes your neck pain. It becomes cancer. If you don't deal with the things that you, that are bothering you, these intense emotions, then it's going to manifest in a way that's unhealthy. And so by avoiding it or not accepting your reality, you're actually stopping your body from healing as well. You're stopping your heart from catching up to your brain and realizing that it's not okay right now, but it will be okay. And I can take the steps toward that. And so don't avoid the situation, the circumstance, meet it head on. And then also, you know, accept it, accept it for reality, and then use that to propel you into where you want to go and what you want to learn now. And that's going to help you. That's going to help you gain the wisdom from the circumstance. That's going to help the ashes turn into beauty. That's going to help you run the race that you're continuing to run. So number four is a lack of community. So I want to separate two things here. The You need your friend support. You need people who love you, who know you, um, to support you. But what I'm talking about is a like-minded or like-experienced community. Now, I was surrounded, surrounded by people who loved me after my husband died. The squadron that my husband was in, the, the Bull Tigers, and the F-15E community in general, when, when my husband died and when they, they found out, the entire community embraced me. That entire support, they were there for me, and I needed their support. But I also needed a friend who I didn't realize yet. I needed a friend who I had not met yet. And also a friend who I had encountered, you know, earlier in, in our career, but hadn't talked to in years. I needed other widows to walk with me. I needed them to be able to listen to my story and not try to fix it or try to, to push me forward in my grief. I needed them to say, yeah, it sucks. And I felt the same way or, oh yeah, that's completely normal, but this is how I handled it. So you need the community that is like-minded and like-experienced. And you need to make sure that you are finding a community community that's healthy. You don't want to find a group that just dwells in the negative because you can't, if you're, if you desire growth and health and healing and hope, you're, what you focus on is where your heart's going to go. Um, what you think about is what's going to manifest. And so if you stay in the negative and in the grief cycle, that is where you're going to be stuck. But if you work with people and talk with people who have are st- a step or two in front of you, who are willing to walk with you and guide you and hold your hand and pull you when you can't go yourself, now that is a way that you can start to heal. And so don't shy away from 
others who have experienced divorce or widows or or other people who have lost a job or their um, a child or a dream. Make sure that you have somebody who has who is just a little bit ahead of you. And also when it's your turn, be that person helping someone who is a little bit behind you because that community is going to be able to understand your struggles and will help you move forward. The last thing that I'll talk about today is the the waiting for the motivation or the feeling to be ready. Um, I don't know anyone who would disagree with the fact that motivation does not come until after action. Like there's rarely are you motivated to do something unless there is a really big benefit or reward for you. But sometimes even the things that we want, we don't feel like doing it or we don't feel ready to do it. Um, We don't feel motivated to start healing, but we need to. So when you're trying to wait for that motivation or that feeling that's already stirring in your heart, that's already the evidence that you need to see that you need, that you're ready to start to heal, that you're ready to take those steps. Just that understanding, that acknowledgement that you're waiting for the motivation, you need to start acting and the motivation will come. You make those hard steps to start healing the life, your heart, your your understanding, whatever you are working on, just by acknowledging it, by realizing that you are looking for the motivation or the feeling to be ready, it shows that it's already on your heart. So take that brave step and do the little tiny things. And if you don't know what to do, this is also where you go back to your community, your like-minded and like-experienced community and say, okay, this is where I am. And I am, I'm feeling the feeling. I, I feel like I should be feeling different, or I feel like I should have motivation to do this. This is what my heart is telling me. What do I need to do to get to that motivation or get the feeling or to push past it completely and just bypass the motivation and the feeling and do it anyway? Just do it because you know it's the right thing to do. Do it because you know it's going to get you the results you want or closer to the result that you want. But if you allow the waiting for the feeling, let's just face it, an example is laundry. No one really feels like doing laundry. But if you wait until you have no clothes, I guess that will give you the motivation maybe to do it. But you can't wait for that because then it's already too late. So you do the laundry knowing that it's the right thing to do. You do the dishes because you know if you don't, you're not gonna have any clean dishes and your the dishes in, will be filled in the sink and it will start to stink. And so even though you don't feel like it, you do it anyway. And the same with healing. You may not feel like jumpstarting your life and, and starting to really live and feel joy again, but as you take those steps forward, those small steps, those small wins, that motivation is you're just going to get a taste of it. You're going to see that it's there in your in your grasp. You're going to see that it's possible and you'll start to dream and you'll start to move forward faster and you'll start to gain that feeling of this is this is what I want or I'm going in the direction or I'm feeling happy again. And you just keep 
plowing forward. And so that's, that's the first half. Now, if you, and I'll go through them again, it's just fear, the what if game or the brain games, the lack of acceptance or avoidance, the lack of community of like-minded and like-experienced people, and waiting for the motivation or the feeling ready. If any of these resonate with you, like ask yourself why. Are you using these as a crutch to not move forward and gain the healing that you want? Are you using these as a way to keep yourself stuck and in this comfortable fear and in a place that you don't want to be? You know where you want to be, or you may not know, you just may know that you don't want it to be here. But I guarantee that if you allow those things to manifest in your heart and to breed and to you stay focused on those aspects, you will not have the healing that you desire and that you deserve. And you won't even see what the possibilities are because you're so stuck in this darkness and you can't start to see the light. So I really want to just stress that it's important to talk important to ask yourself questions. It's important to reach out. Again, you can reach out to me. You can reach out to your community. You can reach out to your friends because again, our friends know us and they want the best for us. And so sometimes asking them, Hey, do any of these, do you see any of these in my life? You know, and ask them genuinely and they can give you an honest answer. And even if it hurts a little bit, know that it's for your own good. And so that's what I want you to focus on this week. Just look at your life and see if any of these resonate and then decide that it's not going to be a crutch anymore and see what you're, what you're capable of doing and see what you can do to step out of it. And even just acknowledging it is that next step that you need to take. Hey friend, I hope you loved today's episode. I hope you start to claim the confidence to walk in a judgment-free zone as you continue this healing journey. Now I want to invite you to look into working with me. I'm a full-time restoration and confidence coach with a background in marriage and family therapy. And not only that, but friend, I've walked it. As you heard in my story, I've experienced grief, loss, pain, feeling stuck. I've had the desire to break free from the fog and rise up again after the hurt, after the pain, and move out of the grief cycle to begin to wake up with purpose again and live a life of meaning and kind of rediscover who I was before the grief while I was uncovering who I'm becoming. And I have been called to help you with the same thing. So if you feel you're ready to step back into the light, wash away the old, not forgetting the past, but stepping into a new position of purpose, confidence, and identity, I would love to be your coach and mentor through the process. I only take a few clients each month and would love to get you on the calendar to help you navigate this journey. Email me at Tammy at TammyMarieCoaching.com. Until then, I'll meet you here next week with another awesome topic to help you claim the life that you desire. Don't forget to take a screenshot, tag me, share on Facebook and Instagram, and please share this with another broken-spirited mom who is in need of some soul restoration. Don't forget to rate and review. And until next time, take a deep breath and know there is hope. Bye, friend.